0: Welcome to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. We don't shy away and keep secrets here. We empower you with education, telling you the truth about all things aesthetic medicine while encouraging you to be the best version of yourself. It's time to look great and feel good doing it. This is your host, mom, speaker, and board-certified physician, Dr. Judith Forger.
1: Friends, and welcome to episode 23 of the Aesthetic Doctor podcast. Today, it is my pleasure to have. A guest with me that I have admired, followed, and listened to her podcast for years. And this special guest is Dr. Alexandra Stockwell. Dr. Stockwell is also known as the intimacy doctor or the intimate marriage doctor. And she is a relationship and intimacy coach um, and an intimate marriage expert. She is a best selling author. Her book is called Uncompromising Intimacy. And she is the host of the Intimate Marriage podcast and the creator of the Aligned and Hot Marriage program. She has been featured in Huffington Post, Rolling Stone, USA Today, Cosmopolitan, Fox News, Business Insider, and many, many more. She was named recently as one of the 30 inspiring women to watch in 2022. So this is a coach, a podcaster, and a female physician that I have admired for years, and I'm so excited that she will be my guest today. We are going to talk about feeling beautiful, and I think it's just such an important conversation to have. I talk a lot about aesthetic procedures and how to make yourself look better. And so the flip side of looking better is really feeling better. So, because I think that's what most people want, right? They want to look better, but ultimately they want to feel better. They want to look beautiful. They want to feel beautiful. So in today's episode, and our conversation, we're going to talk about all sorts of things between really what's the difference between feeling beautiful and looking beautiful. How do you feel beautiful? What makes you feel beautiful? And then I'm sure we'll talk about effects on relationship and life. And we'll just see where this conversation will take us. It is such an honor for me to have her on the podcast. And I hope you enjoy our conversation as the aesthetic doctor welcomes Dr. Alexandra Stockwell. I am so excited to have Dr. Stockwell here with us today, and she is a coach that really coaches on intimacy, on relationships, and today I think it's a really important conversation to have about inner beauty and outer beauty and how really all of aesthetic medicine and wellness and how you feel go together. So Dr. Stockwell, in your experience, what really makes people feel beautiful?
0: I love the question and maybe before I answer that I'll just talk about the difference between looking beautiful and feeling beautiful. And I think it's very easy to confuse the two when they're actually completely different experiences.
1: Absolutely. I think that's that's a great way to even make my question better, so thank you.
0: Yeah, you know, I was actually talking with my personal trainer this morning and I was I, I knew when she had gotten a facelift and how happy she was afterwards. And it really was amazing. I, as a physician, am familiar with facelifts and assisted on them, but I don't have somebody that I see, ev- not, I don't see my trainer every day, but very often who then has a facelift and it's totally clear when it happened. And it was amazing to see how much better she felt, how much better she looked. It really was phenomenal. But the thing that we were talking about this morning, and I was telling her I was going to be talking with you and how exciting that was, is how important it is to have how you feel inside match up with how you look inside. So in her case, as someone who's a personal trainer, who's done all kinds of therapy and coaching and really worked on her thoughts so that they are supportive and aligned with who she wants to be she felt great on the inside and so she chose to have some procedures so that she would look similarly feel aligned when she looked in the mirror but I also think there's a really common phenomenon of particularly women but also men who have procedures to enhance how they look but then the misalignment is on how they feel because they still don't feel beautiful inside, even if in the photographs, things are where they
1: would want them to be.
0: Does that resonate
1: for you? I I love that answer and that conversation, because I think it's something that I've, you know, articulated um, throughout the podcast as well. And as my goal is because the goal of aesthetic medicine is really to allow you're vibrant and maybe young and full of life outside to match how you feel on the inside. And I see that a lot that, you know, a lot of the women that first came to me are like, you know, I look tired, I look this, and that's not who I am. And so they want to get Botox done or fillers or whatever, so that just like you said, that The outside of them looks as young and vibrant and full of life, and you know, with lip filler, a lot of times it's about sexiness and lusciousness. As they feel when they're like, "No, I have old people lips, like right? I don't, I don't feel like that." Um, But. I think, like you said, the people who have the work done on the outside to sort of mask maybe how they feel on the inside or have this fallacy. To compensate for it. Right. To have this fallacy in thinking where they think, well, if only I would look like this, I would feel so much better. I think those are the people that tend to be unhappy more often with the results of their procedures simply because- it doesn't address the
0: thing it they want because it. it's the wrong way to address it. In fact, because we were having this conversation, it was it was like I'm, I was sweating and lifting weights and preparing for this interview all at once. And she was telling me about this client she had years ago who had many procedures and actually injected her own lips. I didn't really know that was a thing. But anyway, she had lots of different procedures, but when training my my own trainer would say, okay, look in the mirror. You know, there, there are times with lifting in certain ways or doing lunges or whatever. And she'll say, you know, look in the mirror so that your eyes are at a certain level and it impacts posture and so forth. And this woman wouldn't look at herself in the mirror. She would always look down. So she had all of these procedures and in many ways was magazine cover-like, but looking in the mirror was incredibly uncomfortable. And the reason that I'm saying this is that there's no procedure that is going to have her feel good looking in the mirror. That is a very different kind of transformation than the one that happens pharmaceutically or surgically. And so I think that's our conversation is how to really pair the internal transformation so that it keeps pace at a minimum keeps pace with the physical external transformation. And if someone is outpaced either internally, then yes, they might like to have procedures to get the outside to match, like you said. And if their external appearance outpaces how you feel inside, then really. The next best investment of time and attention is on how you feel, because that's actually going to get you the goal more effectively.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. It's the thoughts inside of your brain that make you feel a certain way, the thoughts you have about yourself. And then, yes, absolutely. We can help with all sorts of things to- Yeah have your outside match, but you're right. Whether you feel beautiful actually has very little to do with your outside.
0: Exactly. Because you can look beautiful to other people, but if you don't actually feel beautiful, then you're still caught in that trap of feeling misaligned out of resonance with yourself. And I think I mean, I can't really imagine that there's any woman, certainly in the West, but really throughout the world who hasn't had some phases of mismatch in what it looks like, what she looks like and how she feels inside. So this, is, this isn't is specifically spoken about in the culture that much, but dialing in, like dialing in the internal experience and the external appearance is something that we all navigate we navigate it by ignoring it we navigate it by overcompensating or we navigate it with intentionality understanding that our internal experience needs to at least keep pace with any kind of beautiful
1: external appearance yeah thank you so much so you know with the um with that being said what are some of your um what are some of the ways that people can feel more beautiful on the inside
0: yeah i'm going to answer that and actually i'm going to have fun telling you that in my work as an intimate marriage expert the place where this tension i'll call it this this dynamic tension arises one of the places is when it comes to physical erotic intimacy because just as we can think well if i get this procedure i'll feel beautiful we also can think if only my lover were more skillful if only my spouse knew how to touch me more then i would have the kind of experience i want to be having in the bedroom and i'm all for our spouses lovers sexual partners becoming more skillful. That is an ongoing, beautiful element in life. But the most skillful sexual partner is not enough to really enjoy oneself in the bedroom, to really feel gratified and erotically expanded and tender and luscious. So it's a completely different scenario, but it's the same dynamic tension because in both cases to walk by a mirror or walk down the street and feel beautiful is largely or at least significantly an inside job and really having a wonderful experience in the bedroom and feeling erotically alive and gratified that is also largely not entirely of course but largely an inside experience an inside opportunity as well
1: yeah i mean in coaching we always talk about sort of what happens as a neutral circumstance and then that we really can't change a lot of times, or let's say that for the simplicity of the models, we we assume we can't change. And then really our reactions, our thoughts, our feelings are the things that we then control and that we can change and that we can work on. You know, with what you said, what that made me think about was sort of my next question. You work a lot with both individuals and couples as um, an intimate marriage expert and, one of the questions I think that arises with what you said is, can you make somebody else feel beautiful or does it always come from within? Because I think sometimes when I hear that, I automatically think about the woman a lot of times that tells me, well, my husband says I'm beautiful no matter what, but I just don't feel that way. Or you know, the other way around, I'm sure
0: yeah so it's really interesting what you say and it gets back to the question that i kind of sidestep not meaning to sidestep it but you know how does a woman feel more beautiful and certainly external response especially from a husband or someone that you care about is lovely it's really lovely but the key is to be able to actually receive it to actually feel it to actually believe it so in my work i'm of course very familiar with the coaching model that you've described where the beginning and end of our experiences is with our thoughts and there are many times when i use that approach but when it comes to sensuality and feeling beautiful I often start with the feelings. So if let's just say it's, it's easier to, to be more specific. Let's say I'm coaching a woman and she doesn't feel beautiful. And her husband says, but you're so beautiful, honey. And which is a wonderful privilege to like, that's a great kind of relationship to have. And so what I would say to her is, like, like if we use the thought model, we could walk her through, well, you know, is there any way that that could be true and kind of intellectually convince her. But when it comes to sensuality and feeling beautiful, I really want a woman to be able to have that experience from the inside out. So I might have her just close her eyes and imagine if you believed you were beautiful, How would you feel? What would be arising inside you? You don't have to believe it, but if you believed you were beautiful, just close your eyes a moment. Picture how you would feel when you wake up in the morning, how you would feel as you're going about your professional responsibilities, how you would feel as you take your makeup off in the evening. Like if you felt beautiful, If you believed you were beautiful, how would you feel? And if she can access something, then that's the opening that I care about. And I'm going to ask her, depending on if she's a disciplined person, I might say, okay, put an alarm in your phone and three times a day, just take a moment. You can do it privately. It doesn't need to be dramatic and just close your eyes and imagine you feel beautiful because any kind of feeling like this, we just need to make friends with it. It, It's like trying a new food. It's unfamiliar at first. And then in fact, there's such interesting research. I don't know if you would have reason to have come across it, but I think, you know, Mexican children are not born liking jalapeno peppers it takes, I think, 20 exposures before they like it. Hmm. And that is true of so many different things in life, that it's familiarity that makes it real. And so a woman who's in the situation we're talking about, who doesn't feel beautiful, she is very familiar with how it feels not to feel beautiful, with the thoughts that she's thinking, with the interactions, with the posture she has with all of the different expressions of an identity of not feeling beautiful despite looking impeccably dressed and having her procedures done on schedule so the goal is for her to become familiar with what it does feel like to be beautiful what it does feel like to have a little more internal ease about appearance and then that can be titrated up it's actually kind of phenomenal how just tapping into that energy on a regular basis, it will start oozing into the
1: whole day. So that's one tip. I love that. I absolutely love that more embodied approach and really allowing your whole body to feel it. And especially when you talk about carrying it over into sensuality, because it really impacts not just your thoughts, but every way you show up. Um, and and as you were talking me through that scenario I could in my mind already see somebody going through their day in a more confident way and interacting differently with whoever she comes across so it is really that ripple effect right and how you feel to what you then send out in the world and then interestingly that it comes back to you right in that same way
0: it really does come back and again, in anticipating our conversation, I was remembering my mother, who when I was a teenager and started spending a lot of time in front of the mirror, I never wore a lot of makeup. So I don't actually have any idea what it was that I was doing in front of the mirror. But I spent a lot of time in front of the mirror, looking at myself. And my mother used to say, you know, that's not accurate. Because how you appear to someone is connected with the expression on your face and what's in your eyes when you actually see that person. And if you're looking in the mirror, the only person you're ever seeing is you. So you have no idea what this guy is gonna actually see or you know what your teachers see or whatever. Like, of course, it's the same color hair, like all of the measurable elements are the same, but it's true, like the the vibe, the facial expression, like whether or not I'm open is going to depend on who it is that I'm interacting with. And that's not really something that can be surgically adjusted or even really appreciated when I look in the mirror myself. And so I think how we feel very much influences people's experience of how we look.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, that also made me think about the aging process. A Mm -hmm. lot of times when people come to my office, the reason they do is because they feel aging. And like we said, there is just, I don't know if it's a noticing of it or panic about it. It kind of probably depends on um, the person and the situation.
0: And how they've, like what kind of social capital they've had, like how their appearance and youthfulness has benefited them in their life.
1: And I think that's one of the things that I love about you and your podcast is that it just seems like it's so applicable to no matter who you are and no matter where you are in life and in relationship. And I think especially your maturity and your experience really, I think gives people incredible hope that, you know, it is everything is yet to be looked forward to. And, you know, that aging can be amazing and that your relationship can stay intimate and improve. And when you talk about how your relationship has shifted over the years. So um, this is probably a little bit of a vague train of thought, but it's okay. I'm inspired. Yes. One of what, what are some of the, the thoughts that you have on aging and beauty. And I don't mean aging in terms of like, I mean, whatever, because even, you know, I'm in my forties. So even I obviously have noticed that my body and my mind has changed from my twenties, my thirties, having children, all of that. But I tell everybody like my forties are amazing. Like it's been the past decades yet and in a way I think it does give those behind me a little bit of hope because a lot of people are like oh my god the big 4 and then I'm sure people are like oh my god the big 5 and then you know on the big 6 I'm sure everything is over like right and I think one of the things that we also are here to do is to change the conversation I mean we're both women and um, you know we obviously both identify as like cis hetero women um but just that idea that aging and beauty can be sort of this ongoing, ever-changing, like magical, beautiful experience.
0: Yeah, okay, I love this. I have so many different things to say. So what you're pointing to is a lot of our societal messaging and conditioning and also the modeling of generations before us. And so to be really concrete of how about how this plays out when it comes to intimacy, 50% of women 50 and older aren't having sex anymore. However, women sexually peak in their 60s and 70s. And one of my podcasts, I don't know if you listen to it, but I interviewed a couple that have been married for 51 years, and she talks about having the best orgasms of her life. And I have this couple in my Facebook group, they've been married for 53 years. She said they've always had a strong sexual relationship, but four years ago, they've had a sexual awakening and things are unbelievably incredible now i myself have been married for 26 years and i'm 54 so i only have a few years of um contributing to the still having sex statistic but what i want to say with that is so much more is possible but if you don't choose it if you don't create it for yourself then yes things really can go downhill that's what is happening in bedrooms across the country so one really important thing to add to this conversation is the importance of role models it's exactly what you were saying that you give people hope and We're so used to thinking about learning things with our prefrontal cortex, with our smart brains, and that definitely is true when it comes to learning calculus or, I don't know, medication dosing or what. many different things. We need our prefrontal cortex. I'm a fan of my prefrontal cortex. However, when it comes to relationships, we are like, other mammals and largely learn through imitation. And so we do need more loud and proud and generous older women talking about how delicious life becomes. There's a way in which for any woman who's been pregnant, you may connect with how freeing it is to have a I mean not i don't know that all women feel this way but i did and many do that you know you, it's like you can relax about having a belly because of course you have a belly because you're pregnant and there's just a certain pressure that falls away and i think ideally as we age there's something similar that happens that there's no benefit to me at 54 trying to look like i'm 30. that is just a recipe for hitting my head against a wall so what am i going to enjoy what am i going to put my attention on so that i plan to live a long time how is it going to be wonderful and these are all things that are possible on the one hand our conversation is more general but i'm also intentional in that because that's the context that needs to be embraced in order to make anything specific work, even what I described about taking time each day to really see what it feels like to feel beautiful, that only makes sense in the context of what we've just talked about.
1: And I think, you know, when we talk about aging, one of the things that I sort of also tell my patient or I try to model is that there's a certain amount of embracing it that absolutely needs to happen. And that is this whole, that same kind of circling back to that co- um, comment about, or the, the beginning of our conversations about feeling beautiful. Yes, that I am sort of looking at this current version of me in my forties. And within that version, I'm trying to be my most expanded, free, authentic, true to myself. And at the same time, looking as good as i can um but i'm not like you said you're not trying to look 30 i'm not trying to look 25 like right so it's that same thing i'm trying to look the best at my current version and you know what there's gonna be a couple of cruise feet there and that's okay do i are, am i ready for the forehead wrinkles or the this and that yet no i'm not ready for that yet but there's a couple things that i'm like yeah i am this age and You know, I don't, I'm not trying to not look that age. I'm just trying to look like my best version at my current age. Like I'm trying to live my best life at that current age and trying to feel my most beautiful and my best at my current age.
0: I love how you said that because I also would never want to be 25 again. I wouldn't mind looking 25, but I would not want to be 25 and you don't get to be 25 you don't get to look 25 unless you are 25 for the most part. And, you know, this also brings up something that I often point out because we do expect to grow and mature in many areas of our life. We want to progress financially. We want to progress with our career, with our home. Like there there's so many elements of life where we just understand that is going to evolve and change. And we really do ourselves a disservice if we want our look at 25 or 30 to be our look throughout our lives. And also if we are looking for our sexual experiences to be what they were in the younger years. I mean, sex at 54 is not the same as sex at 25. And I am totally Totally good with that. Sure, in my 20s, maybe it was more calisthenic or more, um, you know, exotic in certain ways. But with maturity comes nuance and depth and a capacity to feel things that really enhances the whole experience. I feel like one of the most important things, and this is indirectly related to feeling beautiful is that with more youthfulness, we tend to be more focused on the other person's experience. And I think one of the things that makes sensual and sexual experiences so rich with maturity is we learn to really focus on and savor our own experiences. And that enhances both people's experiences tremendously
1: yeah, thank you so much. So let's quickly talk about how people can learn more about all the wonderful things you said. I have subscribed to your podcast for a couple of years now, and I love your podcast. It's really one of the ones I never miss an episode. So that's what I'm hearing that. Thank a, you. like honor. For um, you to be here, so tell our listeners exactly how they can find you, what your podcast is, and then also um, if you—I know you have a bunch of offerings—and and I don't want to go into the specific sales, but I know you do groups, you have evergreen courses, you do individual coaching. So just run through that because I'm sure like we had talked in the pre-show, this is a taking this conversation into a conversation. I really want the podcast to go about not just this is the procedure for why, but how can you have your whole life be most beautiful and most authentic? And so I'm sure we've piqued a lot of people's interests.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for so much graciousness. So alexandrastockwell.com is my website, and that really is the entryway to everything. You can find links to my social media to follow me there. My podcast called the Intimate Marriage Podcast, where I share my own teachings and I interview couples with fantastic relationships. And so it's, it's largely spontaneous conversations just like this one on the topics of Emotional, sensual, intimacy in long-lasting relationships. My book, Uncompromising Intimacy, you can also find that through the website. And I have a variety of programs, a lot of independent study programs. In fact, someone listening, if this all feels kind of new territory, You might just enjoy my independent program independent study program desires awaken the woman within because it all starts with what you want it's just. $49 it's meant to be totally accessible for any woman who wants to be more in touch with what she actually wants, and then I have programs for couples group coaching programs private coaching, but all of that is on the website. Um, and we will
1: obviously put everything in the show notes so you can also go through the show notes and there will be links to all of all of alexandra's things So in terms of sort of really going back to the original question, what makes people feel most beautiful? I would love it before we go, if you would just leave us sort of with some of your best tips and tricks. We've already talked about just imagining feeling beautiful. What other concrete tips could you share with our listeners?
0: One of the most important things to feeling beautiful is being able to enjoy yourself. There is very little more beautiful than a woman who is truly enjoying herself, whether she's drinking coffee alone in a cafe, whether she's hosting a party, whether she's at a ball, whatever the situation is, a woman who can enjoy herself is going to be beautiful. So the real tip there is, if you don't already know, start journaling or otherwise daydreaming or discover what has you really enjoy yourself. That's one tip. Another is often the difference between feeling beautiful and not feeling beautiful can change very quickly. I think we all probably know that feeling of feeling good and then you walk into a room and maybe you see what another woman is wearing or you overhear a comment and then all that good feeling that you've had for a few hours as you get ready and anticipate the event it just drops right out of you it's it you know just leaves quickly well what i want to say is the feeling of being beautiful and in the right place at the right time, in the right way, that can arise just as quickly if you practice doing it. It's no different than going to the gym and building muscles. You just need to become familiar with evoking that feeling. And I highly recommend practicing when you're not in a stressful situation so that you can tap into it when you are. I guess one other thing that I would say is that insofar as feeling beautiful is really a holistic experience and appearance is one very important element so is your tone of voice whether or not you're making eye contact the kind of attention that you're putting on the person or people you're with and how responsive you are to any attention you're receiving from them there are all these variables that make feeling beautiful and being perceived as beautiful a much more holistic experience than we usually talk about so i think i'd probably leave it
1: right there what do you think that's perfect well thank you so much again for being here with us today i really really appreciate it And um, for everybody who's listening, I hope you enjoyed this little turn into the inner world of feeling beautiful with Dr. Stockwell. And thank you again so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Aesthetic Doctor podcast with Dr. Judith Borger. We'd love to connect with you outside of the show. Follow Dr. Borger on Instagram at Dr. Borger and find more online and ways to work with Dr. Borger at www.theaestheticdoctor.com. Until next time, be well.